is up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Chatter from the Cheat Seats. I am Jack. Sitting across the computer screen from me is Ori and Sammy. We're going to talk about sports, life, and everything in between. Ori, how you doing? Doing good, doing good. Um, I've been keeping myself busy playing baseball, um, watching some baseball as we just started seeing some spring training games. I love it. Um, yeah, I got to love to see that. Um Got my MLB TV uh, membership renewed, so I got all the games, uh, which is nice. But um, other than that, not much. Just homework and uh, chilling. Yeah, uh, so I, it's been good. I've been watching the MLB Network baseball game, uh, spring training games. But the dilemma for me is that we have DirecTV, so we're doing extra innings, and they only carry regular season out-of-market games. So I can't watch – uh the cubs games here for spring training so they played a game at three o'clock and i was kind of following it on my phone with my little sports app but i couldn't watch the cubs game and it made me sad um so i think they won though i i don't know if it might be still going on but i I saw they were winning at one point so that is encouraging even though it's only spring training so who really cares but uh, we will be talking a lot about the cubs and the other teams in the nl central later today so stay tuned jack Are you doing good? How are you doing? I am doing fantastic, Sammy. Baseball is back. Spring training is here. Now, the Yankees game tomorrow and the next day is not on television. It is only today and yesterday and probably later down spring training. But I am looking forward to watching all the games that I can. My MLB TV has also been renewed, Ori. I am very excited about it. MLB TV, aside from blackouts, because blackouts suck, but MLB TV is awesome, man. Just sitting there anywhere anywhere you want and watching baseball yeah. is just absolutely amazing. And I am ready for baseball to start. I'm ready for the regular season, man. As soon as the Super Bowl was over, I was ready, man. It was baseball season, although it was a great Super Bowl. Always loved football. That was not a football, Sammy. Speaking of football, earlier today we got dropped with an absolute bombshell. J.J. Watt, who I feel like we have talked about J.J. Watt maybe once every episode for like the past five episodes. I feel like he's always worked his way into our conversations, but he signs with Arizona, the Arizona Cardinals for two years, $31 million. And I was not expecting him to go to Arizona. I think everybody thought that the number one place on his list was Green Bay. Yeah. Maybe you know, somewhere else, maybe somewhere that had a better chance to win a ring than Arizona. And I'm not saying that Arizona doesn't have a great chance because they are a good team, but they're no Green Bay. And I thought, I don't know, maybe he would want to chase a ring, but I guess not, but it is a crazy signing. Yeah, J.J. Watt is obviously just a man of huge, huge talents. And I was pleasantly surprised, I will say, to see him not go to Green Bay because that was somewhere where everyone kind of thought he would go. It's close to home for J.J. Watt. You know, it, it just seemed logical. Green Bay is in a position where they kind of need that extra pass rusher to pair with Zadarius Smith. And they're in a position to win a championship right now. And the funny thing is, Arizona, now by signing J.J. Watt, may not be too far away. Their offense is still a work in progress, I think, you have a very, very explosive pass game. Obviously, you know, got Larry Fitz is retiring, I believe. So you'll lose him. Who He's been pretty good. But DeAndre Hopkins is one of the best wide receivers in the league. 
you got Kyler Murray, who is on traje trajectory to be one of the better quarterbacks in the league if he isn't already. So they're in a position in this defense. You add J.J. Watt, you, you already have Chan Chandler Jones, who had a kind of a down 2020 year. He was injured. He only really played in five games. But he, before that, was really one of the best pass rushers in the game, along with J.J. Watt. 2019, 19 sacks. Would have been leading the league in a lot of other years, but Aaron Donald had something to say about that. 2018, 13 sacks. He led the league in 2017. J.J. Watt has also led the league in sacks a few times. So, uh, you know, if those two guys are really on, if you can keep them both healthy, healthy, excuse me, that is one of the best pass rushes in the game of football. It's it's dangerous, and uh, you got a good defense now. You know, you got Booter Baker, and I, I think the Cardinals are in a position where in a few years they could be winning a championship. So the, that's, I think, where J.J. was in, in his thought process. It's a two-year deal, and I think he thinks by the end of the deal they can be in a position to win a championship, uh, kind of like Green Bay may be in a position to win right now. I agree with that. I mean, J.J. Watt is 31. For a football player, that's, that's pretty old. He's getting to the end of his career. I think he wants to go to somewhere – that he's going to have fun playing football because I don't know if Houston was always that. It was very dysfunctional a lot of the yeah, time. Yeah, not this year. <laughs> so I think he's going to have a lot of fun there. Man, I'm just looking at J.J. Watt's football reference right now. It is crazy. I do this a lot with baseball reference. I just search up, like, I was on Albert Pujols' baseball reference earlier today. I was on uh, Mike Trout's the other day. And I just look at in the top right where they have all the career accolades – it is crazy, man. Five Pro Bowls, five times All-Pro, uh, Hall of Fame, All-2010 team. He won Defensive Player of the Year three times, looks like. Three times. Three Defensive times. Player of the Year, 2014, 2015, 2012. I, I mean, unbelievable. And, man, football reference, I guess just reference, because football, baseball, basketball, I'm just going to say reference in general, have – the funniest nicknames because they'll have nicknames where it says under the name that you have never heard of before. So like under Jay's JJ Watson nickname, <laughs> JJ SWAT. And like, I mean, that's a pretty common one. Everybody knows that, but the, it has the milkman. <laughs> JJ, the milkman Watt. I don't think I've ever what? heard of that. And basketball reference is the craziest, man. Like if you search up any player in that, like, I'm going to search up Kyrie Irving in basketball reference. I mean, you will never hear of any of these nicknames. It's so funny. Okay. Uncle Drew, ankle, t ankle taker, world B flat. <laughs> oh, that's so good. That's so good. And, and Kai, just K-A-I. I, I, I find the nicknames hilarious because no one has ever heard of any of them. Like, I mean. AJ Milkman. Okay, we'll do one more. One more because he has like a bunch of nicknames. LeBron James. He has King James, LBJ, Chosen One. Bron Bron, the little emperor. I've never heard of that. <laughs> what? The Akron Hammer. And finally, L Train. L wow. I mean, I've heard no, of yeah, I've never I've, I've had like half of those. I have not I've heard. heard a lot of those, but there there's some I haven't heard of. One, a nickname that I have heard of, Sammy, is Russ. Do you know who I'm referring to? I, I do know who you're referring to. Uh Russell Wilson, man, and he did not demand a trade. But he said if he were to get traded, he would accept it to these four teams, the Cowboys, the Saints, 
the Raiders and the Chicago Bears. That is very exciting for me. And this could be the closest we get to having a good quarterback. I, I saw a meme. It was like top Bears quarterbacks of all time. Sid Luckman, who's a guy from like the 30s, long time ago. Uh, like what? Jay Cutler. Number three, Russell Wilson saying that he could po possibly be a Chicago Bear. So um, that, you know, if it happens, I don't think it's going to happen for the Bears. It, it pains me, but I, I just know the track record for these guys. And they're just, they missed a ton of opportunities. Uh, obviously, the big one, Mitchell Trubisky, you draft him number two, you pass up on possibly the greatest talent of all time in Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson, who is, you know, in the game right up there talent wise. And, you know, with that track record of missing opportunities, I, I don't want to get my hopes up, but if that happened, the bears would be a good team. And one the main thing about Russell possibly wanting out of Seattle is the O-line complaints. Cause they have no O-line. They hadn't had an O-line for years and you have now a division where you're going to be facing Aaron Donald, Chandler Jones, um, JJ Watt, just to name a few. Uh, there is a lot of uh, Nick Bosa. Um, so you have a lot of guys um, that are, are just going to be running at Russell Wilson with a horrible O-line. So the Bears don't have too bad of an O-line. So, uh, Ori, where do you think he's going to go if he goes anywhere? Cowboys, Saints, Raiders, Bears. Uh, those are the four teams he said he would accept a trade with. Yeah, well, I mean, it's kind of interesting the four teams he's decided on. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how the Saints do their offseason just because of how bad their money situation is. They're like negative 70 million in the <laughs> in the cap right now. So we'll see how that goes. I don't even know if they can afford a Russell Wilson on their books. Like, I, I don't think that's very possible for them. Um, and other than that, Saints, Raiders, Bears – I don't think the bears are going to do it. Um, I, I just, I just don't think they, they will, but the Raiders are very interesting to me. And um, I think, you know, with John Gruden, he, he, um, he likes Russ uh, that offense. I mean, with a great quarterback like Russell Wilson could, it could elevate this team to a playoff team and, you know, a pretty good contender. Um, but I think that that's probably the best scenario for him because the Cowboys with Dak, I don't know what they're going to do, but I don't think it's trading away Dak and keeping Russ. But Jack, I want to ask you, what do you think is v like valuable compensation for a guy like Russell Wilson? What, what would the Seahawks need to get back in order to send him away? I think it has to start with three number ones maybe even four, it has to be crazy because it is not every day that you can secure a top five quarterback in football. And I get that Russell Wilson isn't the youngest. He's 32, but he is elite, man. He is in that category in the upper echelon of quarterbacks like Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson. You know, he's right there. And I, I agree with him, man. I mean, if I were to get traded, those are the teams that I want to go to. I'm not saying that I wouldn't want to go to any other team, but you know, it's yeah, a I mean, statement. he's not, he's not requesting a trade, but Hey, I'm with him, man. If, if those teams would like to trade for me, I would have no problem with that. Yeah. And I, I think if I'm these teams, I mean, you got to be going all in and you know, maybe not the Cowboys. I, I think the Cowboys won't just because I think they want Dak. I think, they're probably going to tag uh, franchise tag Dak Prescott. They want him to be the quarterback of the future for the Cowboys. Cowboys, maybe not going all in, but all these other teams, 
The Bears do not have a quarterback right now. They're searching. This is a perfect opportunity, and there's a case to be made to come to Chicago. So they're going to be going all in, I think, for this. Um, I think the Las Vegas Raiders are definitely going to be going all in for this because, like Ori was kind of saying, this is a team that, with a great quarterback, can be really, really good. You already have a good running game with Josh Jacobs, who has kind of emerged as a top running back in football, a pretty good defense. I know uh, – I keep uh, not Oakland anymore. Las Vegas said it right the first time. But um, I've been making that mistake a lot recently. Yeah, uh, it's not Oakland. Eh? That's, that's going to bug me for a while. But, uh, yeah, I, I think, you know, for Chicago, um, there's, there's a case to be made. I, I think a lot of people sleep on how good the O-line is. That last part of the season, we were p- arguably a top 10 O-line in football. Uh, once we got consistency and guys were healthy, the Bears were a very good offensive line. So wherever he goes, you know, it'll, it'll be very interesting. And the price, like you guys were both saying, is going to be so high. I don't even want to imagine what the Bears would have to give up to get Russell Wilson. I mean, I'd imagine probably three or four first-rounders, maybe a few later-round picks, maybe like a star player like Kyle Fuller at least. So it's, it's a high price, but I think it would be very well worth it for any team to get Russell Wilson because he is up there on that hierarchy of quarterbacks. It would have to be a lot. And I have a question for both of you guys. What do you think is the chance percentage-wise that Russell Wilson actually gets traded? Because for me, it's maybe 20%. I don't think there's a good chance he gets traded. I think this is one of those things that five years from now when Russell Wilson retires, we all look back and laugh. Yeah, I I kind of agree with you there. It it does kind of have the feel of like, a lot of hype for nothing, but who knows? I mean, I, it's kind of fun to get your hypes up, maybe even if it won't happen. Cause, I mean, it's off season for football. There's not really too much else to talk about right now. So, um, this is pretty exciting for off season, I'd say. Russell Wilson potentially getting moved. So, yeah, I mean, what's crazy about this? He's not even the number one quarterback that's potentially on the market. Yeah, him and Aaron Rodgers. I was going to say Deshaun Watson, but. Oh, Deshaun Watson. I mean, I think. I, I, I take no, no, but I'm talking about, I'm talking about like, like what would be more valuable to trade wise? Cause I mean, Deshaun Watson is your quarterback for the next decade. You know, Russell Wilson yeah. is during five years, maybe. Yeah. That's fair. Play. Yeah. But Ori, what do you think the percentage chance is that he. I, I think it's really low. I, I don't think the see. I mean, the Seahawks are contending. They're trying to win it. They're trying to win a Super Bowl. They need to sure up the offensive line get slightly better defense i mean i think they can make a deep push so i don't don't think they're going to be trading russell wilson anytime soon i would agree with that like i said before i don't think there's any realistic way he gets traded now this is interesting news alex smith to part ways with washington because this does leave washington in a pretty interesting situation because if you're if you're the washington football team right now do you feel comfortable with Taylor? Yes. Lockett? He played like yes. one game. Come on. He played one game. You can't actually like, like you got to bring in competition for him. Maybe you feel comfortable with him as your backup. I mean, I think that the the football team, they believe in Heineke as their starter. And they wouldn't have done that if they, I mean, they wouldn't have believed in him 
if they sign him to a two-year deal. I mean, they, they showed, they believed in him. They think he's the guy. They've seen him in practice. They like what they see. They saw him in a clutch playoff game, liked what they saw there too. Obviously, he performed extremely well against the Bucks. That was their closest game in the whole playoff run. Um, so that's why they're getting rid of Smith here. And um, they wouldn't do it if they didn't believe in Heineke. I think they will bring in some sort of competition, but as a but as a backup, and and I don't think it's going to be open competition. I think day one, week one, it's going to be Heineke at the helm of this uh, football team offense. I don't – I mean, maybe, but I, I just I, – I can't see a professional football team putting that much confidence in somebody who has really had a few decent professional football games. I mean, that game in Washington – or, yeah, in Washington, that game against the Buccaneers – it was fun and it was fun to see all the hashtags and Instagram posts and stuff on people's stories. But at the end of the day, he did not pass that well. The Buccaneers defense won the day. He had this good rushing touchdown and he made a few nice throws here and there. I, I don't think he is a quarterback that is going to be starting in this league next year. I think the Washington football team, they're going to have a decently high draft pick. Uh, I think maybe they look into drafting a quarterback. Maybe they bring in someone who can be the starter over Heineke or maybe a competition if Heineke does perform really, really well. But this guy was at Old Dominion studying like something. Like he was not playing football a year ago. He was an everyday Joe. He was there for a reason. He was an everyday Joe. Exactly. Uh, Or an everyday Taylor, I guess, if we are to say. But um. I just don't think he'll be a starter. Nothing against him. I think it was really fun to see what he did against Tampa. But at the end of the day, that game is a little bit overhyped. And uh, he just doesn't have the arm strength, uh, the capability, I don't think, to be a starter in this league. But who knows? I mean, the Washington football team is very unpredictable. I mean, they are the Washington football team. So <laughs> we'll just we'll just have to see what happens with that. But I do not think that Taylor Heineke is going to be the starter next year. For them, I, I, that's just where I'm standing right now. I would agree with that. I think if you're going to go with Taylor Heineke as your quarterback, it's a huge hit or miss, man. It is a huge hit or miss. And speaking of hit or miss, let's go on to the baseball. We have some potential candidates for contract extensions. It is spring training. It is contract extension season. Now, Fernando Tatis Jr. already got his massive contract extension. But here are some guys that we foresee maybe getting contract extensions this offseason or close to it. Freddie Freeman, he is entering the final year of his eight-year, $135 million extension. Francisco Lindor, the Mets have already said that they're not going to pursue an extension during this season. So if they do get one done, it will be before opening day. And he is a candidate. If you're the Mets, you absolutely have to extend him. Corey Seager is going to be another guy where he hits the free agency market next year. Maybe he possibly gets extended by the Dodgers. Javier Baez is another one. He's also part of that amazing shortstop class of next season. And finally, Chris Bryant. Sammy, let's start with you. Out of all those guys I just mentioned, who do you think is the most realistic candidate to get extended? Hmm, That's tough. I want to say Lindor just because it's like a situation where it kind of seems like it's going to happen. It's new. It's exciting. He's with the Mets. It's uh, we we saw it um, with Mookie Betts, right? He gets traded uh, from Boston to Los Angeles, and before the season starts, he signs this massive extension. I could see that happen. 
happening. We have precedent for that. And I think it's just an exciting situation. Lindor loves the Mets. The Mets love him. They have the money to be able to pay for a long-term deal. So I think the stars are very much aligning for him to get an extension. We'll see if it happens. But I think out of all those names, it's Lindor who's the most likely to get extended. I yeah. agree with that. I'd agree with that a thousand percent. I think Lindor will get extended this offseason because if not, the entire move didn't really make sense unless you're a hundred percent certain that you're gonna re-sign him in free agency. Now, a couple of these guys on the list, I don't understand Chris Bryant. I don't understand Javier Baez. I think that might have been Sammy's influence on the list. No, they, they, they're, I mean, they're but the Cubs, I don't know. Like I I mean, I could see I think there's a much greater chance that the Cubs trade away these guys in at the trade deadline than extend one of them. Yeah, I, I, mean, I, I agree. Yeah. I agree with Jack. I mean, like Javi Baez is coming off a horrible season. Do you want to extend a guy that just showed that he, he can't play for 60 games? I mean, obviously Javi Baez is a great player and I mean, are you, probably this is, I performed mean, this year, but like he Cubs, did it last year. So how are you going to extend him? If the Cubs were to extend him, this is the time to do it. This is the time his price is going to be lowest. And Baez is a good baseball player. He's one of the best shortstops in baseball. He had a bad 60-game stretch. It was rough. I witnessed it firsthand. It was not pretty. But he is still one of the best shortstops in baseball. You know, he's a great, you know, incredible pop, uh, hits for average, gets on base, you know, decently. But he's an incredible defender as well. He's an all-round amazing player, and the Cubs should do it because after a 60-game season, which isn't really showcasing what he is, the Cubs could probably bring the price down a few million, uh, you know, to save some money for some other guys. And with Chris Bryant, he wants to be a Cub. He wants it to happen, and they've been talking for the past, I think, few weeks. Uh, if you've been following, you know, Cubs baseball, I think both those – I think they may, ex- may, may extend one of those guys but for the Cubs, they have a lot of free agents coming up. You know, Rizzo is going to be a free agent. Who, he could also get extended. Baez, Bryant. I think they have to get, I think, Contreras soon. They got to lock up three out of four of those guys because guess what? If they're good, the Cubs can still compete. You get some pitching, bring in some pitching. Maybe You have a lot of great pitching prospects. And the Cubs could compete for the next few years with those guys, uh, the good core guys that won the World Series keep him around for a few more years. I think it's clear in the Cubs fan base that that's what people want. People don't want to see another rebuild. I don't think Jed Hoyer, the general manager of the Cubs, wants to see another rebuild. And I know I've gotten on a little Cubs tangent here, but uh, How the hell do you I have gotten on a Cubs tangent, but um, I, I think one of these guys could get extended out of uh, Baez and Bryant, but they're, they're, they have four big guys that uh, their contracts are ending soon. They have to renew three out of four of them. Uh, to stay competitive. All right. So now that the Cubs talk is over, Sammy. Yeah, we, we, not over. Got, we got in the the mandatory Cubs talk to keep Sammy, Sammy happy for the episode. Exactly, exactly. We might have some more Cubs Thank talk you. later because now we are predicting the NL Central. So we're doing a little preview prediction. We've been doing this for the past few episodes. Um, we're going to start from top to bottom. Jack, you want to start us off here with your number five? I will start us off with our num- with your number five, and this will come to no surprise to absolutely anybody. I have the Pittsburgh Pirates 
in last place in the division, going 61 and 101. I have them losing over 100 games. And man, if you just look at their projected roster, it comes to no surprise from absolutely anybody. Their roster, I mean, I don't, I know less players on their roster than I think any team in baseball. Obviously, Adam Frazier is going to get it done. He's a, he's a professional hitter. Uh, Brian Reynolds is a nice piece. I really like him. I like Gregory Polanco, but their pitching is awful. They, I mean, Stephen Brault, I like Stephen Brault. I think Stephen Brault is a good pitcher, but outside of that, I mean, I don't think there's a single pitcher on their team that I like. Well, yeah, I, I also, I will agree with Jack. I have the Pirates winning 60 games in last place, and this is a team that there's not too much positive to say. They traded away their best pitcher in Tyone and their best hitter. I, I don't think there's really an argument there in Josh Bell this offseason. They are both gone goodbye, and they were a horrible team with those two guys on the squad. So it's not going to get better for the Pirates. I saw earlier today somebody had them winning 83 games, and I had to laugh. That was ridiculous. Uh, I think it was a Pirates. Where did you see that? I, I, on Instagram. I think it was a Pittsburgh Pirates fan page. Which makes sense. But, yeah, I mean, they have a few guys who can sort of swing it. I think their lineup is, if there is a bright spot, the bright spot of this team, Brian Hayes, I really like. He's going to have a good year. Um, Brian Reynolds, I like. Uh, Adam Frazier. Uh, besides that, there's no one in this lineup. And even with those guys, those aren't guys that are scaring you. Like, you're not game planning for the no. Pirates and be like, oh, I'm, I, we got we got to kind of pitch around this one guy. No. There's no scary bats in this lineup. There's no scary pitchers in this rotation, in the bullpen either. Um, it, it's it's a rough situation right now, but you got some prospects that are kind of coming up, like Cole Tucker, Brian Hayes is one of them as well, Kevin Newman. So I think it's a long way away for the Pirates uh, in terms of being competitive again, but I think maybe they're going to start going up instead of down. So that's encouraging if you're a Pirates fan, you know? That's what you want to hear, baseball general manager. You don't want to go down. You want to go up. Rory, any, any thoughts on what I presume to be your last place team? Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> you guys uh, you guys summed it up pretty well. There's not not, not too much to talk about with this team. Um, I mean, they lost their best hitter. They're already trash. 57 wins, 105 <laughs> losses for me. Seven yeah. um, wins, wow. Yeah. All right. So now we're going to the fourth place team. This is where it gets interesting. <laughs> this is where it gets interesting because the NL Central, I mean, it's it's very, very tight with the Cardinals, Brewers, Cubs, and Reds all having legitimate chances to win the division. So, Sammy, out of those four teams, who did you think hmm. did not have any sort of chance and you put them in fourth? I mean, it was tough. I, I think these four teams are relatively close. I think you can put them – uh, into tears though i have the reds here in fourth place and uh I, I still like the reds um i i think they have a good offense uh in they did kind of downgrade a little bit because you had a lot of guys who underperformed but um i think a big thing last year with their success was the pitching fronted by the man himself trevor bauer who is absolutely insane he signs the huge monster deal with the dodgers there's no way he was ever coming back to Cincinnati. That was kind of out of the question. You lose R.G. Bradley, who 
was a pretty solid reliever for you guys. And they didn't really, um, honestly, they did not really spend that much this offseason. A lot of that spending was from 2019 going into 2020. And a lot of those guys didn't pan out, like Castellanos, not have a good year. Um, but they're not a horrible team. But I, I think, you know, the pitching isn't going to be as good. The offense maybe be a little better, but not good enough to compete with these other three teams. I'd agree with that. I have also the Reds in second to last place. I have them in fourth place in the division. And this is the worst division in baseball. I think that's a little – I think that that's not arguable. I think this division is by far the worst in baseball. I have the Reds going 79 and 83. I think that if you look at the Reds lineup, you know, you like it. Shogo Akiyama, I think he's going to have a better year than last. I like Nicholas Castellanos a lot. Shoei yeah. Bado, Eugenio Suarez, big power bat. Mike Mustaka, I mean, they're five or six deep. You look at their rotation, it is front heavy with Sonny Gray and Luis Castillo, but, you know, Michael Lorenzen in the back end, I, I really like their rotation. They, trade, they, they traded a Iglesias as well. I forgot they to mention They did trade Iglesias, so bullpen's I not going to be good. like their bullpen. And I don't know, this is sort of not, this is sort of an eye test thing, just a gut reaction. I don't like the makeup of their team. Yeah. I mean, or, or what do you have to, I, who do you have in fourth place? Cause this is very arguable. I think um, you can put a lot of teams here in this. Spot. Yeah. Okay. So I had the reds initially, okay. I had them initially. And then, I mean, I'm not going to lie. Some part of me really likes the reds for some reason. Um, and so I had to do it. I put the Cubs in fourth place here. Oh, man. Ori. And. Oh, God, no. <laughs> it's going to get heated. I'm just going to sit back and, and relax. And there's reasoning behind it, okay? I just. And, and I want you guys to hear my reasoning and chime in. Wait, but before that, uh, Sammy, you didn't say your record. For the Reds. I had yeah. the Reds with 76 wins. 76 wins. Okay. So, first off, I have the Cubs winning 79 games. 79-83. They're just below 500. It's not horrible. They're not, they're not having a bad season. Um, not a good season, though, that's for sure. So, the reasons I'm very scared about this team is, first of all, Javi Baez is coming off his worst year. Now, yes, he can bounce back. He can bounce back. But I don't think he will ever be the same. He will never be who he used to be. I'm saying it now. So you have that, first of all. Cornerstone of the offense, basically, and, and not, a, not a star anymore. He's just good. He'll, just, he'll be good this year. Nothing insane. And then Anthony Rizzo, Chris Bryant. I mean, these guys are all people I see having major regression years with no bullpen. And, I mean, Kyle Hendricks as your ace. Like, I mean, I mean, come on. I mean, come on. Like, this team doesn't have it. Um, they, they might start off really hot. They might go, like, I don't know, 12 and 3 in the first 15. Sammy's going to go crazy. Then they're going to have a horrible rest of the year. I mean, this team just doesn't have what it takes to go full season. Maybe, like, if – I don't know. This, this team is just not it. It's just not the move. Their, their offense doesn't have enough star power. Their pitching with the bullpen is just so – trash i mean truly it's just you got craig kimbrough like i mean okay okay this this cubs team is is not good and the reason i put them below the reds is because 
Unlike the Cubs, who I think their major hitters are going to regress, I think the opposite with the Reds. I think the guys that underperformed in the 60-game season are going to show out, play very well. They obviously have the pitching, unlike the Cubs. So I know Sammy's confused, but I I'm think just, this I'm is – um, I think this is uh, Sammy, a pre- – go take a lap. Go walk walk to your drums and back. Just <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think, I think you need to take a breather because this is – your future, Sammy. They're going to trade away these guys, too. I forgot to mention, the chance of the Cubs selling off their team at the trade deadline is extremely high. I mean, this is a team primed for a rebuild, and they are not primed for a deep run in the playoffs, and they're not even going to make the top three in my division. So there you go. Cubs at 79 and 83. I agree. I, I mean, if you're going to insult our rotation, insult the back half of the rotation. Yeah. Insult I mean, because there, there's a lot of – Question marks in the back half, I will say. But do not insult Kyle Hendricks, my boy. He's not Kyle an ace. Is, he a, is an ace. Kyle Hendricks is 100% an ace, man. No, he's, he's not. Has, he, has, uh, he has one of the best sinkers in the game, and he's f- learning how to really use it well. Uh, he has a great curveball, a fastball that, like, he somehow blows by people at, like, 89 miles an hour. He, Kyle Hendricks is a wizard. Do, do Kyle Hendricks insulting my boy Kyle Hendricks and Kyle Hendricks rotation ace buddy oh my without god without Darvish right the rotation is not going to be as good and I I'll save some of my Cubs talk for later when I talk about them in my predictions but um I, I think this rotation is being slept on a little bit I think Zach Davies had a good year last year I think he's taking a lot of steps in the right direction and I'm excited to see what he's going to be doing as a Chicago Cub Arietta. I mean Philadelphia was a horrible situation for him that's why he was bad. And I'm not saying he's going to be back to 2015, blowing cutters and sliders by everybody, like sl- sliders like 92 miles an hour. No, but he's going to be better, better coaching. And I-, I think if he could stay healthy, he will be good. Alec Mills, I don't love, but, you know, he had no hitter last year. Maybe a little bit of that magic. And then you got a lot of, a lot of young talent uh, like Adbert Alizai, Brelin Marquez, and uh, Trevor Williams you sign as a uh, – kind of a depth piece so Cubs this rotation isn't that bad the offense I'll talk about later I'll save the offense for later but I'll just say for now I, I very much disagree with Ori's take and you know we're gonna disagree and we'll it see. Is what it is. agree to disagree we'll see, man. I, I think the Cubs are a better team than you have them being but uh Jamie let's go to your next pick here yeah let's see we got third place and I actually have the Milwaukee Brewers here and I have them with the same record as the St. Louis, excuse me, not the St. Louis Cardinals, so the uh, Cincinnati Reds below them. I also have them winning uh, 76 games. And, you know, there are a lot of things I like a lot about this team. I like the front part of their pitching, really Woodruff. I love Woodruff. He's one of the more underrated starting pitchers in baseball. He's one of the better ones. And in the division, as a Cubs fan, I hate days where we're going to be facing Brandon Woodruff. It sucks. He's a really tough pitcher to hit. Um, back end in this rotation is not great. Brett Anderson was awful last year. Uh, maybe he can turn it around. But with the pitching, the bullpen is what really does it for the Milwaukee Brewers. Uh, it's it's pretty insane when you think about it. Devin Williams, who his rookie year was the reliever of the year, absolutely insane. I think he was also rookie of the year. Josh Hader, one of the best lefty relievers in baseball, if not the best lefty reliever in baseball, probably not the best, but, you know, Brent Suter, who's been pretty good throughout his career. Uh, and that's, 
that, I mean, that's just crazy. I mean, Corbin Burns, they didn't even talk about in the starting rotation. It's a pretty good pitching staff. Uh, the problems for me are offensively. You don't really have too many bats. Obviously, Yelich, hooray. Uh, he, you know, if he gets back to where he was, you're still not that good of an offense. Avisel Garcia, question mark. Lorenzo Cain has been regressing uh, a lot. He's not going to be that great offensively. Uh, and in this infield, good defensively, I will say, which I love the Colton Wong signing. Uh, he takes you from one of the worst defensive teams in baseball to a pretty good defensive team just by getting Colton Wong. But uh, not a lot of guys are going to be hitting baseballs. Kesman Hira, maybe. I, I hope he gets back. I like him, but I don't see this offense being good. And that's where my issue lies with Milwaukee. Uh, a great pitching staff, though, especially with that front half of the starting rotation and the bullpen. But um, a lot of issues for the Brewers. Uh, do, do you guys? Who do you guys have in third place? I have in third place. I also have the Brewers. I have them at eighty-two and eighty, and the Brewers lineup just really isn't that deep. Like you said, I mean, Keston Herrera is their fourth hitter, and after that, just kind of falls off. Their pitching is decent. Brandon Woodruff, I like a lot. Corbin Burns, I also like a lot. But after that, I don't really like Brett Anderson that much. I'm not high on him. Their bullpen is really good with Devin Williams and obviously Josh Hader, one of the best relievers in baseball. Both of them are two of the best relievers in baseball, actually. Yeah, right now. So I have them at 82 and 80. Like I said, I'm not a huge fan of them. And this whole division, man, I mean, this whole division is just really bad. Like, really bad. Yeah. I think people are kind of blowing that narrative up a little I bit. I don't think, I don't think so, is that all, like, like They're all awful. Like, I couldn't see, you know, the only reason why I have my first place team with more than 85 wins is because I think they're going to beat up on each other a little bit. But, I mean, if this team was like, if you take all of these teams and spread them out into, like, different divisions among baseball, I don't think any of these teams win 80 games. I, I see. I disagree with that, but I will will agree to disagree. Uh, or who who do you have in third? All right. So at third place, I got the Reds. Uh, I have them going eighty one and eighty one. Um, just kind of like what you guys said about fourth place. I just think their offense is going to be a little bit better. Their pitching was already great last year. Yes, they lost Trevor Bauer, but they still have a lot of great great starting pitchers um, to kind of carry the load there. And uh, I think they're going to be pretty good this season i mean i'm only saying they're going 500 so it's nothing outlandish i just have them better than the cubs um so that's my third place team um second place team are the uh the brewers all right i got the brewers in second place i got i don't have them winning too many games 84 and 77 here or 80 yeah 84 and 78 i don't know i do math all right not a math pod um not a math pod yeah, definitely not a math about it. So 84 wins for the Brewers. And as you guys were saying, I like the pitching. Um, offensive depth is kind of the only thing that worries me. Um, but again, if you get a resurgence of Christian Yelich, if he goes back to that MVP form, which I think he can do, um, he's young enough in his career where he can still do that. Um, I, I think this team can go back to playing winning baseball. They're not going to wow you. And kind of, as you said, Jack, none of these teams are really all that good. Um, it's just going to be get free wins from the Pirates and um, split your series with the Cubs, I guess. Um, so that's why I got them with 84 wins as my second place team. All right, I'll, I'll move on with my second place now. And I have the St. Louis Cardinals 
And this is a team that had a good offseason, obviously. You get Nolan Arenado, and they're, to me, kind of similar to the Brewers. Uh, they have a better pitching staff than they do in offense. Uh, but I think their offense is significantly better than the Brewers' offense. Uh, obviously, you have two superstars in Goldschmidt and Arenado, and you're significantly deeper as well. Paul DeYoung you have. And, I mean, I guess besides that, though, like you're a little bit deeper. Maybe I shouldn't say significantly than the Brewers. But um, that's my issue with this team as well. You're not a good offensive ball club by any means. Maybe middle of the road. But uh, you're better than the Brewers because you got two stars. It's kind of slugging the load. And that's what they're going to have to do. This pitching staff, though, I like it. It's good. Jack Flaherty, not a great 2020, but he definitely has the upside to be one of the better pitchers in baseball this year. Miles Mikolas, very solid, as I think your two-starter, depending on how things work out. Wainwright had a great year last year. And you got guys with upside like Carlos Martinez in the back of the bullpen who have before had, I think, sub-three ERAs. So I think there's a lot of upside for this Cardinals team. I think they're good enough to possibly win this division. But I think the offense is not that deep. Uh, it, that That's really what it comes down to. I also had the Cardinals in second place in the division. Just looking at their pitching staff, I really like Jack Flaherty. But after that, Kwang Hyun Kim, I'm not a huge fan of. And... Adam Wainwright's a bajillion years old. Carlos Martinez has never really been able to put it together. Miles Malak is kind of the same story. Their bullpen is not great. Nothing special. I like Giovanni Gallegos. I like Jordan Hicks, but I mean, their lineup is four deep. Yeah, and you got Tommy Edmond, who I like. Paul DeHong, Paul DeHong, who I also really like. And then obviously Paul Goldschmidt's amazing. And Nolan Arenado is one of the best players in baseball. But after that, there's such a significant drop-off from the number four spot in their lineup to the number five spot in the lineup where they have similar to the Brewers, yeah. Gadier Molina, but but even more drastic than the Brewers. I just cannot see this team. I think that they do have star players. Paul Goldschmidt's a star player. Nolan Arenado's a star player. Jack Larry. Larry's a star player. And that's why I have them in second place in the division. But I don't think they have what it takes to win it. Yeah, all right, so we've all done second, and it is time for first. And I will go first, I believe. And I'm going to go with my hat, my favorite team, the best team ever, <laughs> the Chicago Cubs. And I've already kind of talked about it, rebutting what Ori said, but this is by no means a bad team. I don't think they're nearly as good as they were a few years ago. And yes, a rebuild could be in the near future but that doesn't make them bad. I've already talked about the rotation, how they're better than, you know, I think they have a lot of upside with the back end and reliability with the front end, which is what you want. And it's, I think, a good formula to have uh, success with a rotation. Bullpen, some risks with Craig Kimbrell. Uh, he's going to be your closer, which is, um, that's a little risky. It's a little scary for me, but he did have a great second half last year. I'm excited to see if he's going to be able to do it again. His curveball, I was watching some bullpens the other day, looked really tight in Mesa, Arizona at spring training. So I think if he could be good, he could be a very good closer. And that's I'm hoping that happens. But the bullpen is a bit of a question mark for the Cubs. Definitely the biggest question mark with this team. But the offense is what makes this team good. And I said this when we did our predictions last year. They're still a good offense. Last year was rough. They could not hit at all. They, they looked like they didn't know how to hit a baseball. But um, 
that's not them. It was a weird 60 game year. A lot of these guys like Javi Baez talked about how important uh, video was to uh, what he did and how he made adjustments during the game. And he couldn't do that. That was taken away because of COVID. But you have a lot of star players, guys who are going to play like stars. Contreras, when he's on, one of the best catchers in baseball offensively, arguably the best defensively. He's incredible. Chris Bryant, he only had one off year in a 60-game year. Besides that, he's always 850-plus OPS-wise. He's incredible. Baez, historically bad in 2020, yes. But he's, I mean, even if he's not great offensively, like Ori was saying, like, you know, maybe if he's good but not great, he's still one of the best defensive players at his position in the league. I'm very excited for that. Jock Peterson finally getting a chance uh, to play every day. And I think he's going to be able to figure out the left-handed pitching thing. I've already talked about this, but when you get a chance to see it all the time, every day you're seeing left-handed pitching, you figure it out. And I hope that's what happens with Peterson. Ian Happ had a great year last year. Hayward had a great year last year. I'm expecting them to do it again. And the best defensive team in baseball last year. That cannot be understated. Very important. That's how you win ball games. You make good defensive plays. So I think the Cubs are a much better team than Ori thinks they're going to be. And a much better team than a lot of people are saying they're going to be. The Cubs are a good baseball team. So, yeah, first place for the Cubs. I have them winning 90 games. 90 games for the Cubs. And then he wins. Uh, Jack, who, who do you have in first? I think you have the Cubs as well by process of el elimination, which is very cool of you. I had the Cubs in first place with 86 wins and 76 losses. I don't see how you can have a team like this win 90 games, Sammy. It's kind of crazy to me because there is a Four game percentage <laughs> chance. That's a big difference. Uh, here, high... let, let, let me phrase it this way. I talked about the defense. By having – like maybe the Cubs with a bad defensive team wins like 82 or 83 games. But you make some key defensive plays in a few games – you steal games from teams. That's and that's fair. what the Cubs are going to do. That's fair. An incredible team. It's a huge Hayward, risk that you're taking, Sammy. It's a huge risk, and it's a huge risk that I'm taking, too, because there is a very high percentage chance that this team sells off at the trade deadline and trades Javier Baez. They trade Chris Bryant. They trade Kyle Hendricks. I would say there's a greater chance of them doing that than them winning a playoff round. Maybe that's true. I, I I don't know if they're a team quite built. I'd say there's a greater chance of them selling everybody at the deadline than winning 90 games. I think that's fair. I, I, I disagree. I mean, because I do have them winning 90 games. But, you know. I, I, I mean, I know you I, I, I disagree. And this is a risk I'm taking, but I originally did not go into this thinking I would have them first place in the division. I thought I would have them third place, but I just looked at their lineup, and it's still really good. Ian Happ. Rizzo, Bryant, Contreras, Baez, Peterson. That's six really good hitters. And still, Horner is a big prospect. Justin Hayward, you know, you know he's gonna patrol the outfield well. You love Kyle Hendricks, contrary to what Ori says. Zach Davies has some high upside. Jake Arrieta, if he can give you a three-eight, you know, pitching staff's not great, but it doesn't have to be great to win this division because this division is the worst in baseball. Yeah, I think it is worse in baseball, but like you said, the Cubs are a good, good team. I'm excited to see what they're going to do because th there's finally no pressure on. Like all these other years, people have expected the Cubs to win this division without a doubt, really since 2016 when they won the World Series. And now that pressure's off 
people are sleeping on them. And that gives teams like this a chance to uh, reclaim their position as one of the better teams in baseball. And I think the Cubs can do that. You know, they're going to beat up on teams in this division, sure. I don't know if they're equipped to win a playoff round, sure. But good enough to win this division? Absolutely. Or who do you have in first place? All right, so I have the Cardinals. I have them winning 91 games. I might be a little high on the Cardinals. Um, just, just a little, just a little. Just a little high, though, just a little, because this team is very, very good. Um, I don't know why Jack and Sammy are in love with the Cubs so much. Like, they're, I, I just don't see it at all. And you know that I'm really in love with them because I would do anything possible. I would do anything possible to disagree with Sammy on the Cubs, but I just can't. I just can't. Okay, well, anyway – as as Jack and Sammy were saying, the star power is something unrivaled with the Cardinals. No other team in this division has the star power that the Cardinals have with Nolan Arenado and Paul Goldschmidt. It's just as simple as that. And the stars are going to carry um, this team. They're going to carry them to a divisional win. Well, what I want to bring up is that you have Aaron. Arenado had a bad 2020. And he's going to be in a different ballpark where, you know, he plays much better at Coors Field. That's a fact. And it's pretty significant, the difference. And you're saying guys like Chris Bryant and uh, Javi Baez are going to stay bad, but then, you know, Arenado's going to... Well, Arenado is substantially better than both Chris Bryant and Javi Baez. That is true. That that is true. It's undeniable. He's a much better player than both those guys. Arenado is a top three. Arenado is a top three third baseman in baseball. I don't think Chris Bryant is a top five. No, Chris Bryant, I don't think Chris Bryant, Chris Bryant is like, what do you think? Not even he's close. Eighth, ninth. I think Javier Baez is maybe, he's a borderline top 10 shortstop in baseball. Exactly. I mean, it's just fun how, you know, we get like some bad seasons we just, we decide to ignore and we decide to just, you know. Yeah, when they're about. a star. No, when they're a star, you ignore. And when Chris they're. Chris Baez are stars. No, they're Chris not. Chris Bryant. I agree. Not had a now, 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 I'm not going to, I'm not going to jump Sammy here because I agree with what Sammy said. And I do think that there is a high percentage chance that Javier, kind of saying that word a lot, word pod, that he becomes a superstar like he was next year. I would I think there's a greater chance that Javier Baez has over an 800 OPS than below an 800 OPS next season. I think it's, but it's the same thing with, with guys like Gary Sanchez. It's like right now you cannot go into the season expecting them to have an 800 OPS, even if you're willing to bet that's what they will have. You have to expect them to be just as bad as they were last season. And I think Javier Baez, even if he is, the normal production from Javier Baez. If you look, if I'm just going to run down my list of shortstops, right? Number one, Fernando Tatis Jr. That's pretty universal, right? Lindor two. I think that's, that's a fair statement. Trevor story three. I think, uh, I mean, Corey Seager. Uh, I think all these guys, Bogarts, Glaber Torres. I think all these guys are better. Torres is not top 10, dude. I don't know. Glaber Torres is top 10. Glaber Torres is a top 10 shortstop in baseball. He had one good year. I mean, I I like him. Been around for two years, man. One year is all you got from him. I mean, that's 50% of his. I think Glaber Torres is a better shortstop than. Glaber Torres is a better shortstop than Javier Baez. However, we have to remember that to be a good shortstop, you also have to be able to play shortstop. Yeah, but hitting, <laughs> if you hit 38 home runs, you get a little slack there. But yeah, that's I mean, too. This is too much Cubs talk today. I'm feeling Lots sick already. So it is time now 
for Jack's dumb Twitter take of the day. And boy, do I have a doozy for you today. Ori is leaning back in his chair. He is getting relaxed, kicking his feet up, and getting ready to listen to, oh, God. I just looked at what I have for Jack's dumb Twitter take of the day. Man, I I am catering to Sammy this episode. That's all I'm going to say. Hey, you know what? You got to do that. Sometimes. I am catering to Sammy this episode. <laughs> you got to do that sometimes. This is from Jeff Goodman at Goodman Hoops saying Zach, and this is from 2014, okay? Saying Zach Levine would look really good in a main Red Claws uniform next season. Sammy, any thoughts? I, I, uh, I, and that's a dig. That's, that's, that's a, a dig. horrible take. I mean, I, I, I don't even get me started on Zach Levine, man, because I love him. I love the Bulls. Bulls are a good team. Uh, but um, yeah, I mean, he, he was playing good last year too, so I don't know what he was really thinking. Um, but yeah, he's an All Star. He, he's one of the best players in the league. People have been sleeping on him forever, and now he's getting the recognition he deserves. Uh, and man, the work ethic, I don't know how many people know that he tore his ACL, I think a few years ago, uh, b- before he came to Chicago and he, he worked, he got better. He got his vertical back because that was his big appeal. And he worked on his three and now he's one of the better players in the game. So the work ethic of that guy is ridiculous. Gotta love him. And I, I do love how Jack's catering to me. You know, you, you gotta do that sometimes. No, you him. don't. No, you don't. No, you I don't, man. No, you, you don't. don't. <laughs> All right. Well, that was that was Jack's uh, dumb Twitter take. And now we have Ori's Amazon product of the day. He has not told us what it is today. We have no clue. We're going in blind. We're going. We are in going blind. In blind as the bat, and we're just going to see. He says it's really good. So this is a true test. True test, Ori. <laughs> all right. All right. Here we go. So. You know how I don't really like animals, but Amazon product of the day has become animal product of the day. It really um, has. It really has. It's kind of it's synonymous. Yeah. There are just too many funny animal products. I mean, from <laughs> I mean, there's just too many of them to choose. Is so this, to okay. Think. Is this laugh out loud funny? No, no, it's not. It's not crazily funny. Okay. It's a pretty okay. good one. It's pretty good. All right. And it's very unnecessary. So this is for cat owners. It is. A cat hammock. A hammock meant for only your cat. It hooks to the wall and just hangs there. And your cat's just supposed to lay and stare outside of the window. (laughs) Hooked onto the wall. Um, It has over 7,000 ratings. You pay 20 bucks to buy it. It's quite the expensive hammock for a cat. And so, as always, what do you guys think? Out of five, what has it gotten? Ooh. I'm going to give it like, I I don't know what it, like, I'm going to guess that Amazon gives it a 3.5. I'm going to say two. It's a four out of five. That's so stupid. There's no reason for this product. Put your cat in its own, put your cat in a human hammock. What is the problem with putting your cat in a humic hammock? Human hammock. (laughs) Word pod. I don't understand. Why why do cats need to be in hammocks? Like... uh, I get that part. Hey, if you want to put your cat in a hammock, don't get me wrong. Feel free. Put your cat in a hammock. But to feel the need to buy a separate hammock for your cat, why can't you just put your cat in In a human hammock? You're lying in a hammock. You can have your cat next to you. Why is that so bad? Why do you have to buy a special hammock for your cat? It makes no sense. Here's the deal. Cats 
Like dogs are nice. Dogs are very like appreciative. Cats are divas. Cats are spoiled. Cats, cats are spoiled. So you know, if you want to get them to like you, you got to spoil them a little bit. And I think this is a good way to do that. You know, Sammy Hammond. Cat expert. Get in their hammock. I, I, yeah, I think I've never owned a pet. I, I think I'm a good pet. You're, are you an animal's guy, though? Like, look, if you see a dog I, in the park that's, like, coming up to you and, like, friendly and, like, will you pet it? Yes. Oh, yeah. I, I love dogs. <laughs> no. I'm an animal guy. Yeah. I, I, I've never owned one, but I, I love animals. I love dogs. But, yeah, I mean, I, it's – um. I, I think you got to get it. I mean, your cat. Oh my, no, need, there's no way you're endorsing this. Your cat needs to be pampered. You got to pamper your no, cat. Or, you see or else they're going to hate you. you they're going to give you the evil eye all the time. Really, I'm the one to turn around in my chair. If you want, if you feel the need to do that, be my guest. I was going to say, this is almost as bad as uh, Jack's Cowboys take. Like, No, this is the stupidest product ever. Like, ever. Created. Like, I, This is like the most worthless product in the history of products. Like, I cannot like if I search up right now most worthless products on the internet, this will be number one. And if it's not, the list is wrong. That's that's my take on it. Well, I mean, you got uh, like I said, cats are spoiled, and you got to spoil them. That's or maybe kid. here. Here's I'm a good own hammock. I don't understand. It's not a kid. Just here. Here's a good take. Just don't get a cat. Don't get an animal. Do yourself a favor. Get a dog. Dog. Nah, don't don't get any animal. It's just it's don't life is bad. Don't worry. Ori is a curmudgeony old man at heart. <laughs> yeah, I think we have all ends of the spectrum here. Ori's not an animal guy. Jack's kind of in between. No, I'm an animal guy. I have Jack an animal guy. Okay, I because Jack and I are both animal guys. I'm more of an animal guy than you are. You don't even have a pet. Yeah, that's true. You do have a dog. I like your dog. Your dog's cool. I've been trying to convince my parents to um. To get get another dog because Spike needs a, Spike my dog needs a brother but so far it has been no bueno <laughs> no bueno I just like I was looking at pictures I'll see if I can pull one up uh of Spike as a puppy man he was so cute and I'm not saying that he wasn't cute now because he is the cutest dog ever now but man him as a puppy he would sit in a flower box like we had a flower box in, in our backyard and he would just lie down in the flower box. And it was the cutest. I mean, like literally might have been the cutest thing in my life. He would tilt his head to the side like this and he would just sit in the flower box with his head tilted to the side. This is a picture of him as a puppy. I mean, or, or look at not love this. Tell me how you don't love this. Like, tell me seriously. Corey's you- heart is filled with hate. Yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> my heart is black. On, on the topic of look on the topic, this. look at this. You're the Grinch, or you're the Grinch. I mean, come yeah, on. That, that's kind of hard to like hate. I mean, oh my god, I hate it. How do you, how do you hate this face? Tell me how you hate this face. I, I, mean, I just, it just. Uh, I love you, Ori. Why do you hate me? <laughs> Uh, on the topic of animals, just before we close out here, uh, the Cubs spring training also connected into the Cubs. Anthony Rizzo How the hell has this. Are like, tie this in? I'm sorry. On the topic of animals, you know, okay, I gotta hear. A- you. Anthony Rizzo has this little dog, right? It's like a little like wiener dog. It's like one of those like hot dogs. It, they're the best. And he brought it out with the club, and the dog was like stretched, like as they're running back and forth doing their warmups. The dog was like running back and forth with them. The team, the Cubs, they loved Rizzo's dog. His name is Kevin. He, he's very cool. I would leave the team. He would leave the team if Rizzo brought his dog? I would leave the team if Rizzo brought his dog. Yeah. Leave your dog Kevin. That's not a dog name. Like, 
That's like I, I I love dog names that like aren't dog names. Like cat. Yeah, I think they're the best. I think yeah, that's funny. I, mean, I think they should just not have dogs, and then the the whole uh, debacle. Are you, Ori, okay, Ori is banned for the rest of the episode. I mean, all this right, well, is a fantastic that's... episode, especially now that Ori is not a part of it anymore. So, Sam, any <laughs> last words before we leave? Yeah, uh, this was a fun episode. A lot of uh, Chicago sports talk, which I like. Um, that, that was cool. Uh, get to talk about the Cubs a lot. Go deep dive into the NL Central, which is not a great division, but an interesting one. Could go a variety of ways. Talked a lot about that. Talked about some animals. Talked about J.J. Watt. Uh, talked about Taylor Heineke. So you already know it was a great episode. It, it was phenomenal. It was cool. It was great. Uh, fun time as always. Yeah. Thank you.